And we are live once more on the Greyhorn Pagans podcast. Good evening, ladies and gentlemen. Well, evening for me. Uh, my guest for today is the one and only Sarcastic Warlock or Sarcastic. What, 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 is it? what was it again? Sarcastic. Um, uh, uh, Sarc- <laughs> Last time I was talking to that guy in the chat, uh, his name's Chad, really cool guy uh I, I left a message in the chat and he reads it again and he's uh, it was a uh sarcastic part right but then he was like war lock and so it's it, i think it i think it changes it's one of those constantly evolving things you know like my legacy as you, <laughs> as you evolve as a spiritual being your name evolves with you as well um, I mean, I've I've pretty much always yep. been Stein Fox. It's, it's how everyone knows me. How I've it's the name I've used for the last I don't know how many years. But welcome, thank you for uh, thank you for coming thank on. You. Uh, introduce yourself to uh, to the people who may not know you yet. Yeah, and if they and if they don't know you yet, so what rock have you been left under? <laughs> I am. Just, uh, I'm just a dude with beard, and uh, yeah, it's funny, you know. I, I uh, I'm uh, from a Wu Tang Clan name generator, and uh, I just just typed in my real name. This is years and years back, you know. I came up with uh, sarcastic warlock, and back at that point, I was still a Christian. I was um, things were very different for me, and uh, you know, me and my friends, we just all did this together and just you know and uh i just kept it for years and years go by and now it sort of fits this whole thing but perfect because now i get these people who like you know they they and my my connection to any kind of esoteric anything and they're like oh oh my god he's he's one of those evil warlocks and you know (laughs) it's it's most chats you know like i'll get in a chat and i'll start typing something about like you know you really shouldn't be afraid of this stuff and uh they're like expect a warlock to say and i'm like oh oh my god it's just brilliant it's uh everything's everything just kind of is perfect and uh that's really my big whole thing is I'm, I'm a big fan of um, synchronicity. I, I'm of the idea that all of this that we live in and everything that we're, we're involved in is just one massive metaphor that is playing out right in front of us. Metaphor for what? I've got no clue, but (laughs) it's there. And, uh, So yeah, I'm just just a man with a beard. The idea is every once in a while. That's great. Like seriously, the Wu Tang Clan name generator. That's that's awesome. Yep. I mean, do you would you would be yeah. the white member of the Wu Tang Clan ever? But <laughs> so, but that's 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 so great, man. That's so great. I I actually had to come up with mine. You just used the name generator and just got the most epic name ever. Real lucky. Awesome. Yeah, it's it's wild because like you know uh, I'm sure I'm sure it's all over the place. But when you read the Bible specifically, you you, you come across this um, this sort of principle that along with a huge blessing uh, and a life changing event, there's also typically a new name given uh, to to go along with it and. Um, that's one of the things I've been really enjoying and thinking of. This is sort of this this new name that was given, and you know, 
uh, along with a whole new way of life and a way of living. <laughs> pretty cool. Yeah, no, yeah, no, that's 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 pretty awesome. You'll see that a lot, indeed. Like you have your uh, your government name, if you will, and then your right. like your magic name. Uh, hear that a lot when you enter a uh, a certain group or a secret society or whatever. Like, okay, so you know, we know like what your your government name is who you go by in daily life. Now you get to um, like get to come up with your like your wizard name, and sometimes it gets really creative, and right. other times it's just the most basic shit ever because some people are just not creative. Right. Yep. But yeah, it's a, it's a funny but thing. You, yeah, definitely. You just said you were a Christian at one point. I mean, the with the you know the long hair and the beard, right. you're kind of a kind of a jesus figure so but um, i'm i'm not jesus he just looks exactly like me <laughs> he's he's like very secretly he's your twin or like mo modeled after you uh, it's it's the same archetype <laughs> not really <laughs> that, I, um, that'd be it yeah i was i was a christian i, I actually yeah a christian uh parents were pastors went to uh, uh eventually i went off to ministry school um did that for like four years and then pastored a small church and uh, uh, did that for some years. And yeah, and then, you know, just life happens, right? And pretty soon, the way I kind of did it is, is you know, you, you start out with all this stuff that you've, you've built up, sort of like a, I use the uh, imagery of like a tapestry a lot um, when I think about things, but it, it, it's sort of like the tapestry history of my life and constructed with all of these theological doctrinal ideas, you know, and, and, you know, then, and uh, it calls all these to question. The process of, of kind of removing one of these threads that don't really make sense and they don't fit right. And uh, over time, you know, I, I wound up with this tapestry being more and more bare and uh, was less and less attached to it. And, uh, you know, then, then one day I eventually removed the last little thread and there was nothing left to it. And uh, I went full-blown nihilistic atheist for a while there, like total alcoholic, just, just, a, just a big mess, you know, because nothing matters anymore. There's no heaven or hell. There's none of it. None of it makes sense. And it's all bullshit. And, and uh, you know, then eventually I started studying i wanted to do something something productive and so i decided i'm gonna write a fiction book this is gonna be a blast and it's gonna have nerds and magic except not be out you know uh kitty harry potter stuff but i wanted i wanted it to be accurate and you know accurate as possible you know grounded and stuff mm -hmm. so i start studying this stuff and uh next thing i know it, it just starts making a um, and becomes a big part of my entire philosophy and how I, how I view myself and, and the world around me, you know? So, so yeah, from, from crazy Christian to whatever the hell I am now. And uh, <laughs> it's a blast. That's, uh, yeah. that's quite the journey. I, I would have never figured you as, as a, as a man of the church, actually. I mean, especially after the, yeah. um, you know the talks that we uh, we have had, especially about the more esoteric um, topics and all of that. That's not. I, I don't necessarily um, associate like esotericism with 
the church. Like that's always to me, it's been very dogmatic and very, very surface level. I mean, there are, of course, you know, deeper things to it. Uh, a good friend of mine, Lodewijk, he's a, like a diehard Catholic and he can go, go deeper, but it's, it seems rare nowadays that you find a, yeah. a Christian or a Catholic or a former Christian or whatever, who actually does go deeper. And it's, it's interesting that like you too went through that, that nihilistic phase. I, I've uh, spoken with quite a, quite a few people uh, recently on the podcast and in private who, uh, who went through their own nihilistic phase as well. You know, just, they, they discovered that the world doesn't work the way that they, they thought it worked, you know, that they have always been, been told that it worked mm. and uh especially for me personally when i found out that you know i'm really not the one in control and if i like want to get to a certain level i have to do things that i really do not want to do so why would i do anything you know why would i just why wouldn't i just you know stay at home watch tv and get stoned so it's it's interesting right. but right you... it's to accept that there's no point yeah so what's your... it's uh it's you accept there's no point it's and a hard thing so to then you're, you're left in this state of just mess. Yeah, you really you really are and I imagine that for, you know, for someone like you coming from a religious background um that must have been like quite the blow like your 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 feet just swept out underneath you and your whole world collapsing um I mean usually religion is the thing that prevents people from going down that path and now it actually lets you down that uh, down that path yep it's um a wild thing you know I, I get a lot of flack for this one but um uh i did a, a lot of i did a, say um esoteric symbolism and uh like one of my one of my favorites was the baphomet and you know thinking about what does this actually mean and mm-hmm. not just um not just accepting like the truth Truther of of uh, they ha- they have a tendency to take everything that is and make it somehow far more sinister. They they project their own and see this is a this is one of those things that I had left in Christianity. But they take this angle and they're like, oh, goats are evil. Um, we hate goats. Therefore, the bathroom bathroomat is uh, evil. And you know, it, some of them even do it the opposite angle, you know, like we hate goats because of the Baphomet and, and uh, the devil represents himself as a goat now because, because I saw it in a statue. And um, you know, one of the things that when I got really uh, into this stuff and started looking at the Baphomet specifically, one of the things that I saw highlighted to me the most was, was on his arms are the words uh, salve and coagula, which for dissolve and coagula. So, so to dissolve, to break down, break apart, um, and you've got the the uh, coagulation, the, the congealing, the recombining of the thing, uh, putting it back together. So basically, destroy and rebuild. And uh, that was that's what I think uh, is the process that that you know we all go through through life. And uh, I think if I were to have started out on like if my parents were wizards instead of christians you know i think that i would have had the exact same process and wound up on a whole different uh thought path right it's it because the whole point of it is that that destruction of that tapestry that i was talking about and then the rebuilding of it and uh 
and each time these things are destroyed, uh, uh, it both makes room for new, but it, it more importantly gets rid of, of excess that really isn't required or needed at all. And um, that's one of the funnest things for me is uh, I was I was I was a as a Christian I was really into the, like the whole Pentecostal part of it, right? It was it was lots of praying in tongues, prophesying, uh, praying for sick people, uh, all all that stuff that goes along with more Pentecostal Christianity type of stuff. And uh, so I've always been a bit more on the the out there side of you know when I when I came into the this this part of the experience it, it it's been really fun to be able to get away from what i have uh, autistic magic um i'm not like super well read on on chaos magic stuff like that but i remember when i when i was studying this stuff for that book right when it was all just going to be fiction and i start uh talking to other people that are really into and uh you know they they start going off about Enochian magic and you have to say it just right and say it just like this and make sure all the dimensions of everything is perfect and uh, you know it, it reminded me a whole lot of Christianity the, um, the whole idea that you know there might be something hidden there that you don't know about that is causing you this this separation from God and and uh, it all is just sort of rooted in this inability to accept what is rather than you know, being able to understand that all that is, is good. It's, it's great. It's exactly as it should be. Yeah, no, that's, it's, you, you bring up some, uh, some great points, you know, to destroy and from there, you know, build up again. I mean, that's literally what we, we go through in life. Like every time our, our eyes get opened to something new or we see something you know, cl uh, clearer than we did. The old image gets destroyed because you know it's it's no longer it's no longer mm -hmm. our our view. It's no longer how we see it. Um, you have to then really adjust to that new image. And we we yeah. have talked about the um, the Baphomet before, and it's it's such a such a con controversial figure if you will such a but there is it's it's mm -hmm. incredibly esoteric and um again i i think with a lot of things as you um as you pointed out with the uh the enoki magic and you have to pronounce it just right i believe that's really i mean yeah of course the pronunciation and all has to be right but i i personally believe at least that it's a lot about the the intent the the energy that you uh, you give to it. I've actually been uh, been talking about that a little this morning in one of the uh, the other groups on Telegram I'm a part of. You know, talking about necessary evil. What is necessary evil? Well, you know, sometimes you have to do bad things in order to get the best possible outcome. Sometimes you, you know, I, I brought up the example of like what happens with uh, with myself and, uh, and Firefay a couple of years ago. I had to go. Well, we both had to go through. The deepest of of depths through the the darkest of darks and like live without each other for a while to understand that um 
that it was truly each other that we needed that it was truly each other that we were we were looking for and you know they always say be grateful to like whatever and be grateful for for everything and it, it's easy to hold a grudge like it's so easy to hold a grudge just think of what is what has happened and just blame that person forever honestly and firefay and i have been talking about this um lately or the other day if um we both should be grateful for uh what that person did what my my ex did because if she hadn't done that i wouldn't have fought so hard for the relationship that i have now with uh with fiery fate i wouldn't have faced right. every fucking demon that came on onto my path and said you know what fuck you i'm gonna kick your ass i don't care this is the you know i'm i'm not i'm not letting her her be in the in the dark i'm not letting her uh, her be down there i want this life with her so i'm gonna fucking fight for it and honestly i if it wasn't for that usually negative event for the well for the huge destructive events i would have never fought yes. as hard as i do now we would have never been as close as we are now so destruction yeah it is it is a good thing it is a good thing as well you know it's why you always hear those cheesy lines like you don't know what you got till it's gone and it's true it's true right you, you don't right. you don't know how good you have it until you don't have it anymore and either you can let it mm -hmm. defeat you or you can you know take it transform it into a fucking fire and and fight to to get it back and to to be better to do better and i think more right. people should should at least try and and understand that you know it's the whole destruction of civilization yeah. and the destruction of you know of the world that we know but i mean come on it's the world that we know the civilization that we live in why should we fight to preserve it like it's it's not it's not as good as we think it is so why shouldn't we right you know just destroy it and i mean i guess wh why shouldn't we use the build back better but for ourselves why why shouldn't we build the world that we want to build i mean yeah. you're, like you're you're absolutely the perfect person to to talk about this with because you you can see it from the the esoteric perspectives and all and it's it's a hard topic and not everybody agrees and everybody's always taking it political which i'm so fucking sick of like politics yeah. is not gonna politics oh is not gonna fix politics no 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 you know years ago this is this is um i'm still in my nihilism phase um going through all that uh somebody i was really close to did some did some stuff that ruined me <laughs> it wrecked me uh and um and it's, I'm not saying that, that I was completely great. I was a giant nihilist. Of course, I wasn't behaving correctly or, or doing things to actually benefit that situation at all. But this person, if, the result of it was, was I was completely broken um, as a result of what they did. And uh, just undone, felt like there was no, no point anymore. And, you know, I, I became kind of obsessed with this, this idea of revenge. And uh, I hated them. I hated them uh, every day, every minute. I would like turn on um, Armand Armas' uh, Blood Eagle song and just like cry <laughs> and scream it. And like, yeah, 
the Blood Eagle song and just just getting so damn mad. And um and you know, I went through all of that and uh and then one day I had this realization. Um because because in an effort to get over that, I had I had a big journey to do, you know, and it was it was a whole it was a whole entire process for me to go from from that level of hatred and anger and and knowing that like dude this is going to make me sick i'm going to like get cancer or something because of this just just holding on to yeah. being that mad but i can't do anything about it and so that's what really drove me to actually look at myself to to put an effort in rather than just rather than just keep going and living for whatever's fun in the moment and you know over time I got to the point where I had this realization one day and it really was just one day I had this, this realization pop up in my head that like, holy cow, if it wasn't for this person, I wouldn't be here. And you know, it sounds so simple. It sounds so simplistic and that one could totally think that they um, know that. <laughs> and like, yeah, obviously, right. If, if I, if I had been wearing shoes, I wouldn't have stubbed my toe so hard. I mean, you could, you can do all this backtracking and, and try to sort out yeah. like, you know, the root of all this stuff. But one day it really clicked that, uh, and I started calling this person from that point on the blessed thorn of the almighty. I described them as, as, uh, the almighty himself had, had tailored this situation exactly to my needs. And, um, and like a, like a thorn, he placed it in my back in that, that right, right there where you just can't reach it and you can yeah. almost, and if you manage to touch that thing, then all you can really do is drive it in deeper. You, you can't get it out. You can't make it stop. You can't, uh, you can't help that thing at all. It's just, it's just going to shred you. And, um, once I realized that, and I realized that it's not even personal, it was it was a gift. It was it was truly something that was given to me to drive me to the point where I was actually able to do something about myself and and stop addressing the the other and pretending that it's their fault, right? And you you, you go yeah. from that's when you you're able to go from this place of of uh, blaming that person and and accusing that person to being able to go to a realm of like not only accepting, but you begin to learn the real truth of what it means to love your enemy. Because without that enemy, what is, what's the point of having strength? Like without weights, without a weight to press against, are, are you capable of getting strong? Like, this is why um, <clears throat> I quote uh, Julius Evola all the time, but one of the things he says is never abandon the principle of struggle. And uh, that principle of struggle is what creates the capability to become strong in yourself. And a lot of the times we look at the struggle and we blame, oh, it's some terrible thing. And you see this a lot with the truthers again. It's, um, they, they like to talk about the elites all the time. It's always the elite's fault, right? It's, it's, see, <laughs> I'll get back to that in a minute, but the term esoteric, it's it directly denotes the in where exoteric is the outward. Yeah. It's the outside versus the inside. Uh, one of the basics of like really the core of um, hermetically is as within, so without, which means that the inside mirrors the outside. 
And uh, once I realized that in my own personal life, blessed the thorn of the all was placed there to drive me towards closer and closer towards having actual aspirations. Not not to say that I'm perfect, but but uh, it's a, I'm on I'm on a journey to get to that whatever that perfected form of sarcastic warlock is that's that's goal right and uh once i realized that this person was placed in my life to do this to me it was it was, it was a really easy step then to now look at the um the exoteric the the elites you know that are that are just terrible and doing all the terrible stuff and giving yeah. the world it's real easy to take that leap and apply the exact same logic that maybe they're just saying maybe it's maybe it is what it is and it's supposed to be that way because without that i think we'd all be fat and lazy yeah <laughs> there would be no struggle yeah, and and there's no, no growth without struggle that's that's exactly what I was, or pretty much exactly what I was talking about uh, in that that group this morning. Like, if it wasn't for you know for those so-called elites, indeed, it's 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 also why I kind of stepped away from the truther movement because it's always looking for for outward answers. It's always looking for someone else, something else to fix their problems um, and never really looking at, okay, what can I do? You know, how can I yeah. be better? How can I take action in a way that like at least makes, makes a difference in, in my environment. Um, and yeah, you know, to, to have to go through that struggle, to have to go through that, that fight in the moment, it fucking sucks. And you think like, man, I'm Terrible. never gonna. It, oh, absolutely. You know, you, you think like, oh man, if if only this would end. If only I would have never, you know, had to fight. Like this is gonna take forever, and I don't want to be here. Can I just end it all? But once you like, you do get on the the other side of it, and you look back at it, it's like, yeah, that fucking sucked. But I'm so much better off for it. I'm so much stronger now. I understand it. It's so much better. And if yeah, indeed, you know, as you said, if we didn't have something to to fight for, if we didn't have have something to find fights against any imperfections, whether the it be outward or inward, man, I too, like I wouldn't be doing this. I wouldn't be you know, doing live shows and podcasts, I would just be sitting on the couch watching my my favorite TV show and just you know, I'd be I'd be an NPC basically because you know I don't yeah. really have any higher goal. I don't really have anything to live for. So you know, I'm gonna be alive, but not really live. Yeah, something. Another another thing that's really funny about the facade of the elite, right? The what we call the elite. Um, mm. I don't think they call themselves that, which is sort of interesting. But yeah. um, I think that one of the things, one of the purpose for for the narrative of the elites to exist is uh, it creates an obsession in individuals like us, right? Who who we're brilliant. We're like absolutely brilliant. What keeps happening is is I think that the most brilliant minds in our generation have gotten to a state of of retardation. Um, like, like in the actual true sense of the word retarded, stunted, they're, they're held back. What they're doing is they're, they're, it's sort of like if I try to do uh, strength training, 
except I'm going to use a house, right? I'm just going to, I'm just going to push this house until, until I get strong. And I don't think it's going to work. Um, I think that they're, so what these, what these, uh, what the situation has created is, is um, in the minds of people, they're, everything is so geared towards this, uh, this huge thing right looking at society we're we're going to get mad at the bankers we're going to get mad at the social engineers we're going to get mad at the, the media and start blaming all of these things on this right and then all of our thought power starts going to how do we fix situation where in actuality that situation has nothing to do with us like i don't have to complain about what's what's going on in my neighbor's living because i don't go in my neighbor's living room I'm not there it's that's that's their own thing and whoever wants to go into my neighbor's living room can do whatever's there. I don't even know what's there. <laughs> it's and yeah. uh, so what's happening is is there's yes. so many people who are putting the the brunt of their own mind power to trying to you know solve this or that. Some some caught up in politics and um, society itself, and it's just another form of being attached to that society that you disdain and want to get away from and so what's happening is these guys are underutilized they have these untapped potential of ideas and and you know it creates this this bottling up within themselves of of uh potential thought that isn't being had because why bother you know when they when they realize that what they consider what they spend their time considering isn't even worth considering because they're powerless in in having any effect in it they can't change the thing. And so they wind up just distancing themselves from thought itself and looking for, for an escape route rather than being able to see. This is why I um, really like the esoteric, which is, again, the, the inward, uh, your innards, you know, concentrating on this. Because in the process of you allow yourself to be able to focus on things that actually matter that are in with uh within the, the, the sphere of your own personal influence rather than reaching across some some imaginary plane into these these lives and you know situations that you people don't even know if these things are real or not if they're actually happening or not or if this is just some propaganda to get you distracted you know and it's like why are we so obsessed about what's what's going on elsewhere when, you know, it's just silly, but it causes a sense of powerlessness. Like if you, if you can't be capable of focusing on, on what is within yourself, how can you, how do you have the mind power to, to reach elsewhere? You know, it's, it's a thing I think, because it's, it's all, it's all just a giant distraction away from what actually matters. And, and I'm saying that, that like, you know, we need to just focus on the spiritual and we need to only care about what goes on right in front of us. So little effort is what goes on right in front of you. And it gets in places where it doesn't even belong at all. <laughs> yeah, no, you're, you're, you're spot on about that. I think you have the, um, the, like the, the new, new wave of, um, of spirituality the, the the new age who are like so focused on you know love and light and if we just like stop acknowledging the the darkness and stop acknowledging the evil things that happen like literally like literally don't mind them don't give them any mind space then they'll stop happening then it, they'll they'll stop existing honestly i have tried that for a while 
And yes, at first yeah. it's like, oh, you know, this is this is actually quite quite peaceful. You know, I just tune out the darkness, tune tune it off. You know, just doesn't exist. And then eventually it you know it catches up to you, like all that you've been you know trying to ignore and trying to stow away. It's like it it catches up to you, and it's like okay, guess I'm not doing this. Fuck. Um, and it's it's two sides right. of the two sides of the same coin and of course like you have to you have to mind what's happening in the physical world but at the same time also be focused on you know what's happening in the spiritual world like the one uh, they both can affect each other if the spiritual can influence the uh, the material world then the material world can most definitely influence this the uh the spiritual as well and that that is happening and to mm-hmm. be able to find the balance in between those you know to to know when to like do your spiritual work and then to know when like okay you know back to back to the 3d back to the the the, the physical dimension because you know stuff's gotta gotta be done here as well it's it's hard to find that balance and it's yeah. it's funny like all the, all the things that you just that you just said that was me like in my early early 20s like late teens early 20s when i found out everything that was that was happening you know i was like joining all these groups and talking about this and talking about that and doing the like the anonymous million mask march and you know i was a part of you know occupy occupy amsterdam i was i was a part of it i was that that diehard activist but did i really make much of a difference no i mean i've i've met some interesting people along the way i've learned some interesting things along the way but in the looking at the the bigger picture like the global picture with the you know the the parasitic elite and all of that did any of what i did of what i tried did it even make so much as a dent in it no i don't think so i was just i was one i was i was one guy surrounded by a group of you know other guys just you know being really really fucking loud but frustrated yeah like frustrated and angry and you know we are the 99 percent and but you know and then later i then later i hear that like even the occupy movement was uh was said to be funded by you know someone who we uh who we put in that that group i don't know who it soros i believe uh there have been stories going around that the whole movement was funded Everything was funded by, by apparently so. Like he, uh, I guess he's the main money man. Uh, but yeah, then I was like, Something okay, like so you know, if it like if that's true, then you know, when I thought I was fighting against them, I was like quite literally playing their game. Yeah, this, which this, is perfect. Yeah, you know, Apetitius talked the great philosopher Apetitius. He talks about like man isn't uh, by you know, the actual events and the, the things that actually occur, he's disturbed by his notions of these events. And it's, it basically, it all comes down to preference. And uh, it's, it's a real interesting thing when you start talking to um, different religions about uh, what is evil. You know, you, you talk to a Mennonite, right? Talk to a Mennonite, ask them like, Hey, is, is uh, uh, beer evil? And they're like, yes, absolutely. You, talk to a lutheran and say is beer evil and no no definitely not just don't overdo it and you, it's it all comes down to these preferences that people have regarding evil 
and uh, that applies just the same to good. And so it's sort of funny when you look at characters like Soros, right? Because his definition of good and evil is based on his preferences. And uh, one of the one of the big fallacies that we have is looking at people like that and saying like, oh, what an evil dude. Because, you know, from from where I'm sitting, yeah, according to my preferences, he's see, I've I've gotten to the point where I define good and evil. Uh, evil is that which is opposed to my will. Um, that which works against what I will, and yeah. uh, you know, good is that which is with my will and and augments it. <laughs> so it's like you know, what I will may not be what you will. But does that make me evil? Well, maybe maybe to you, but you know, not to me. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> it's, well, it's exactly. just such a funny well, thing when you start to realize. Yeah, it, it's like that. That quote, like something along the lines of "What's peace for the for the spider is chaos for the fly," you know, it it, it just depends yes. on 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 the point of view. Like, are you the the spider who sees his next meal, or are you the fly and you see that you know from your perspective, giant fucking predator coming at you, and you know, well, that was it. That was that was life. There's nothing, you know, there's yep. nothing evil about either like the spider isn't evil for you know eating the spider's just you know doing what a spider does he is eating he is you know he has his last meal he is being a predator to insects for the fly that's fucking evil because the spider is about to fucking kill him he's about to fucking eat him so yeah of course then from his perspective from his view from his experience yeah the spider is going to be evil yeah i mean it's it's a hard hard definition like what is good what is evil i don't think there is a a clear definition to it because you know as you said it's all just it's from your experience it's your preference like we can say oh yeah those guys you know he's an evil looking motherfucker yeah some of them definitely are if you look in you know if you look into their eyes there there's no there's no soul left so yeah he looks very evil if he looks in the mirror if those people look in the mirror at all i don't recommend it um i don't think i i don't i mean i don't think they do this is you know this is again this is my perspective if i were to you know look like that and know that i did all these things i wouldn't want mirrors in my house i wouldn't want to you know look at myself but hey from their perspective they are doing what they think is right they are doing what they think is right for society or what is right for for the world benefits us benefits them mm-hmm. there's nothing there's nothing evil to it we're just doing what we think is good. You think it's evil, but we think it's good. Yeah. Well, so my perspective on this is that, 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 you know, let's say, okay, here's how I see it, is that God, the Almighty, uh, basically what that is, is literally everything that exists. It is, yeah. it is every single creature, rock, um, invention, every thought, every person. And these are all tiny, tiny little facets. Oh, it's sort of like uh, you ever play with mud clumps when you're a kid? Throw yeah. like these, these clumps of uh, yeah. dried mud at each other when you guys are kids. It started out as one nice big clump, right? But when you hit that other guy, it just poof, giant tons of dust and it breaks into these like 10,000 pieces and it's just everywhere now. And that's basically how I see the Almighty is just uh, this fractaling, uh, fractalization of of this one form what that 
what that really means in application is that if if you're able <clears throat> if you, if something exists if you're able to point at something and define it or see it and you know even have a thought about it then it is part of the whole part of of the one that is that is made up of uh, every little piece right and so what's really interesting in that is if you if you're able to have that perspective, suddenly the things like George Soros or, you know, um, the Baphomet, whatever it is that you want to point at and go like, that's evil. Uh, stay clear of that one. Stay clear of that one thing because it's a terrible, terrible thing. That, too, is of God. It's not it's not the entirety because there is no we could say this is the entirety of other than pointing at the entire universe and going like yes this and everything in it and every thought that everything in it has is is that one thing right so what i find interesting is if you if you hold that perspective uh, that everything that is is just a set of god himself that would also make things like night and day a facet of god himself yeah. you would have you would have um Good and evil would also be facets of God himself. You would have um, uh, everything that was separated. You know, according to the, the story, um, uh, the, the biblical is, you know, in the beginning, there was the earth and the earth was out without form and void and there was nothing there. Right. And it was just this one yeah. big blob. And then, you know, uh, I think through the process of, of uh, division, creation occurred. And uh, which is really interesting when you think about the, the archetype of Satan, the, the divider. You know, he's the one that turns two from one and comes along yeah. and separates this thing out and uh, splits it, right? And it's the same thing that uh, in that story, this is the, how man and woman came to be rather than just being one. Uh, they, they were divided and now they are two separate entities themselves so taking that back to to like the elites and stuff you, you know if you were created to be whatever it is that you are with your preferences that that you know these are your things and what makes you you uh the things that you oppose the thing that you fight for the the all of these different things these are all aspects of of what of the fabric of you so if that if you can look at yourself and, and say that I am doing God's will by being the most me that I can be, right? I, I am uh, pursuing that. Is it possible to look at the other side, the thing that you oppose the most, the thing that you, you hate and you call evil? Is it possible to look at that and go, it also is doing God's will? It is also perfect, in its form and it's doing exactly what it's meant to be doing and uh you know when you take a look at the bhagavad gita uh this whole story about about this great warrior and he's off to fight in this big huge war and you know as soon as he gets close enough to see the army that he's going to be fighting against he looks and sees the faces of his family and friends and his teachers and people that he loves and he has this like absolute breakdown and just collapses in chariot and and uh has this that's basically the whole book is him talking to to his friend trying to you know i can't do this i don't want to fight these people i don't want to have to kill any of them and and you know it gets to this one point where where his friend reveals 
uh, to Arjuna, he, he, to, to the warrior, he reveals who he really is, that he's the avatar of Lord Vishnu, who's basically what, it, what uh, I was talking about with the Almighty before, who is just, and that's the big, that's the big reveal, is that, you know, Krishna uh, in the story is both sides of this, both sides of the war. He's good and evil, is good and evil fighting each other. And it's yeah. all the same, the same, like, I could do this with my hands and, uh, you know, I could pretend that my hands, they're so mad, they're so bad, but really it's me doing this myself so I can show you a metaphor, right? <laughs> Which yeah. I think is uh, the entire point of life is this continuance of a metaphor. So if you're able to look at um, one who you would call evil and identify that they are also perfect will, can, like that changes everything. It, it allows you to get to that point where you actually love your enemy and not side with your enemy, not say that like I'm going to you know be one with now, uh, but point where you can recognize that your enemy is doing God's will and by opposing you and you're doing God's will by opposing and, you know, uh, gut bacteria, right? In your gut, you've got loads and loads of, of bacteria, all kinds of different strains and they're all fighting against each other. Uh, they're, they're, you know, fighting over resources and all this sort of stuff, uh, within you. But at the same time, um, you being the overall, the host, right? If all of them were to die, uh, you would die along with them. Your body wouldn't be able to function anymore without them. Yet, yeah. you definitely don't want just one of the strains to ever win. You want, you want balance, which is, which is this balance between where, where things are level between this bacteria and that bacteria. And uh, it, it really takes the, the personal it makes it less personal and of just the universe playing itself out and you part in whatever it is that that part is yeah it's no, a whole that's, different that's, perspective that's a, and it adds a whole oh yeah for, for sure and it, it really makes me think you know you were talking about um like it all being different facets um that that immediately immediately makes me think of the um the diamond symbolism that is so uh, so frequently used, you know, or the like the pyramid or the the upside down pyramid, which is basically right. a a diamond. And like, how do we know a diamond? How you know if you, especially if you look at uh, like popular media, po uh, pop culture, it's always cut in these different facets. You know, it's always it's still the same diamonds, but every facet, every little uh, reflects something else and um i know that my um uh, my family uh has been like my my uh my parents generation they've been raised roman catholic uh here in the netherlands especially in the uh the parts where my my dad grew up you know it's kind of the the dutch bible belt if you will so uh roman catholicism yeah. was was kind of the norm and i know that for example my um my aunts they she uh she stopped believing or at least you know stopped believing in the uh the concept of of hell and eternal damnation and all of that because 
she uh like her her reasoning was and i can i can understand that i can i can to, i totally get it but if you know if god is love if god is true love you know the the ultimate expression of love the purest expression then hell and eternal punishment it doesn't exist like it it can't it can't exist and but at the same time you know it's it's all those stories of yeah but isn't it like god who is quite literally you know damning you to hell damning you to eternal damnation because you haven't lived a, a good life or have done you know certain things that are uh that are unforgivable and it's i think that's that's fascinating because it kind of answers that that question too like they always like they always blame the devil and they always they always fear the reaper but they are just they are just doing what they are tasked with doing the grim reaper for example you know ooh, that spooky right. figure with uh you know with the the, the zeiss and, and all of that he is merely the the messenger if you will he merely is is the, the collector he comes up to you and says hey it's time come with me the devil isn't i mean yeah he rules hell but that's because he was tasked or you know forced even to do so by God, by the 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 one Almighty. So, yeah. if God was you know so good and was all all loving and whatever, you know, you, you hear so much people saying that oh, you know, God or Jesus left this world left this world long ago because you know, look at all the wars, look at all the suffering and all of that. And I think that's that's an interesting point, and I would love your opinion on this. Uh, I, I recently. Uh, last Tuesday, I actually did a stream or uh, a show with the uh, Cold Rejects about soul contracts. It was kind of different, but um, there is in the new age, especially the new age, there's a lot of talk about a different kind of soul contract that, you know, the life that you uh, that you live now and all the things that are happening to you, you know, good and bad and the ugly and all of that, that you, like as your soul manifested itself or came down here to the physical it agreed to that it agreed to have all these things happen it, it agreed to the life that you are living now and i get that with some people you know they've been through the most horrible things that you can imagine and you know i i get that they that they'll they'll say like i never agree to this i this life and i i would love to to hear your opinion on it because i think it's a it's an interesting concept you know your your soul contract your soul agreements well i have a lot of disdain for the for the idea of self-victimization right that one of the greatest traps that i see people falling into i spent most of my life here uh in this state but one of the greatest traps that i see is is people believing themselves to be victims and i think you know i i think that there's little i, I even i can't even come up with an example of something more of a victim mentality than the idea that you were forced to come to a terrible and evil place because if you already have this idea that the world is evil and you know, i've been calling it uh neo-gnosticism lately um you know, uh, yeah. which kind of plays into all kinds of um, modern theologies like uh, uh, simulation.
simulation theory or there's there's loads of this different kind of i mean the mandela effect guys fall into it a whole lot with this this belief that everything is just real, real fucking easy and uh they don't want any part of it anymore and like wham and uh yeah. <clears throat> It's a it's quite a, literally it's a total the timeline has been subverted. That quite literally yeah. the timeline has and, been uh, subverted. It's it's not the the timeline that we used to live in, and everything went wrong. Which is, of course, also you know something right. external is to to blame for that. Uh, CERN is a popular one. Yeah. No, oh, it's when they booted up CERN. It's when that went into to yeah. action again that the Mandela effect like really took place, and we shifted timelines. And see, I, I think that that type of thought puts you in a state. Uh, this type of like I was forced here. Uh, puts you in a state like powerlessness. Uh, it, it lends itself real easy then to to the soul trap theory. Um, you know, don't go towards the light, you know, <laughs> all that kind of stuff. Um, you know, personally, for me, myself, I, I believe that I chose to be here. And I think, that, you see, my entire philosophy is that everything is exactly as it should be. And, uh, you know, one of the one of the core issues of Christianity is it's um, at its core. When you look at at like its victim, right? Uh, so like after after in the book of Revelation, uh, it all goes to this. It, it's all leading up to this point where um, God will one day banish all the darkness, and there will be no more darkness, no more shadow. Uh, you know, like the Christians love to say that there's no shadows in heaven that people just have shadows because it's just surrounded by light because the darkness has been banished and i've been calling this uh christianity itself i've been calling it uh just transgender theology it's the idea that in the beginning god you know created from himself because no artist can create what is not already within the artist uh you, you can't like look in a mirror and go like that's something that's not me no, no, that's totally you. You you put it there by walking in front of that mirror. You know, if you if you paint something and you look at it and you're like, oh my god, I hate that thing. Uh, I have I had nothing to do with that. That's not a reflection of of uh, my creative ability. It's not a reflection of my skill. But it totally is. You know that that that's just a foolish statement to think. And uh, <clears throat> so God creates all this stuff. From himself, at least in the in the Christian narrative, he creates it all from himself, and uh, then looks at it and says, "Like it is good. It's functioning exactly as it's intended." And uh, then his end state, like the end goal of this whole thing, is that one day he's going to take that piece of himself that you know he put out there and cut it off and throw it into the fire. And doesn't that sound a little bit like some news stories that we've been coming across, you know, with the whole transitioning thing? And it's like, I think that Christianity itself is the root of transgenderism. It's, it's the, the idea that I was once one thing, and now I'm going to cut those pieces off and throw them away, and I'll become something else. And that part that I didn't like anymore that that was me will no longer be a part of me. and now you can call me Mrs. God <laughs> but um, that's, that's terrible but yeah no, that's, but it's it's, it's um it's a it's a real sad mind it's a real sad mind who who thinks that of his 
own creation of, of him, him, his own self, he's going to cut that off one day. And what's really interesting to me about it all is, is that you ever, you ever like grabbed a really, really, really bright flashlight and just kind of fly eyes real fast. Yeah. Cause without, without darkness, there's no limit and bright. It's just, it's, it's, all there is is extreme bright and it's a point where you will go blind. There's, there's no, there's no ability to even make out shape or object because without darkness, geez, man. I mean, like if you ever play with a camera, darkness is one of the most important things that you need when you're, when you're working with this, if it's too bright, you're not going to be able to make anything out. And, uh, but yeah, I, I, I digress. I think that these, um, I think the idea of a soul contract is a fun idea. Uh, it's, it seems like a, a cool way of looking at it. And what is philosophy or, or even esoteric other than a way to make sense you live in? It's, it's a way for us to come up with, with um, a way that we can live and be powerful while living rather than, you know, be a victim of the of what surrounds us uh, and in yeah. the very least you know i got this meme that i i pass around every once in a while where it's um it's basically like uh you uh you guys spend years studying uh esoterica or studying magic to find the the ineffable secrets of the universe when really all they're doing is learning how to be uh well-adjusted and decent folk <laughs> Yeah, yeah, yeah. I know that mean it's it's a great it's a great one, and it's it's so true. Like, yeah, you you really make a make a good point, but because yep. uh, you know, if, if God or you know the the one divine creator, however you want to call it, him, her, Caesar, whatever, um, you know, by cutting it off and throwing it in the fire, isn't isn't he then also admitting that it's not good like if it, that it's not yeah. perfect that it's, it's not it was as it should yeah exactly you know it's uh it's it's so incredibly contradictory because i mean you know it kind of makes me think again of what my what my aunt um aunt said that if god is love if god is pure love then hell doesn't exist you know then eternal punishment doesn't exist because that's basically you know god saying that oh yes i created this and yes, I saw it was good, but it's not. So what is yeah. it? Like, is it is it good? Are we truly made in the image of, you know, of God? Is man created in, you know, in the image of himself? Because if so, then God is imperfect as well. Then the creator is imperfect as well. And it's, I know it's, you know, incredibly yep. heretic to to say that, you know, I'll, I'm sure I'll, I'll burn for this, but you know, so fucking be it. Cause it's, it's really, it's, um, yeah. it's a valid question and it's a, it's a really valid idea. And you know, then you have like so many people also saying that, you know, heaven and hell, it's a, it's a state of mind. Heaven and hell is, you know, it's yourself. It's, and you know, you can definitely, I mean, yeah. I know that when, when, I mean, I have bouts of depression sometimes and when I really get, you know, deep into it, yeah, I'm in, I could say I'm in hell. I'm in my own personal hell because nothing really matters You've created anymore. And I don't, and I don't want to do anything and I don't want to be anyone, but I created that for myself. And when I'm, you know, having yeah. 
having fun with something or just feeling at you know at the top of the world that's my heaven that's when i'm at my at my best it's when i'm at my my highest my lightest if you will and i think there is much more much more validity to that that you know heaven and hell they are vibrations if you will they are energetical vibrations and either you like you you put yourself there whether it be as a as a escape from you know escape from pain and suffering or because of external forces and you can't deal with it and that you know throws you uh into a, a downward spiral is how you end up there i think there's there's much more validity to to that idea than it being you know separate realms and you like you go to one or the other yeah. and etern eternal suffering i don't believe there is there is such such a thing i mean in you know in the moment itself going, yeah, going I don't either. to uh to what we like what we talked about um at the beginning when you're in there when you are in your own hell when you are in your own personal hell in in the deepest of depths yes it may feel like eternity and you know it's but it's not eternity and then you know you, you come back to the way too cheesy slogan you know this too will end all this you know the, you know all shall pass all shall fade you know it's nothing really is yeah. forever and it's i think it's sometimes it's a, a choice as well you know you just get comfortable being in that that state of mind it's it's where you have learned to have learned to live it's how it's how you have have learned to live so why would you you know want to go up the up the ladder again up in in vibration again if this is you know if you have learned to live this way and there are many many traps yes but you know where there's a where there's a trap there's a way out as well and that's that's the thing that you know you could say what i'm about to all day long but until someone until someone understands it in 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 their mind like it, it to the point where they're able to solidify this thought it's just kind of uh just just a cool little piece of trivia almost but i think that that i think it's all uh you, you know that that evil terrible masonic uh uh chessboard floor the black yeah. and white floor you know the black and white tiles alternating i i think that that is one of the most perfect representations of of god or the universe or however you want to see it um i think that that's one of the most perfect representations that there is it is it, it's the one who encompasses all extremes the the black and the white and these alternations in between and um and i think having a having a carrying not not just having but carrying with you and reminding yourself that everything is exactly it's it's perfect it's exactly as it needs to be even in its imperfection uh it is perfect and uh, that kind of gives you a fortitude to weather the things those those extremes that you go through you know the the highest highs and the lowest lows and a lot of us have this um tendency to jump right towards some desire to flatten it all you know <laughs> to just to remove the the worst stuff from the from the evil side you know from the dark side that we don't want to look at or think about yeah. and you know this is why they they yeah. attack the elites so hard because it, it's all just projection they they see 
the evil in the elites and they run from the evil. But the fact that they're seeing it is all they're all they're really seeing reflection of their own selves in, in those, those people. And, you know, so what do they do? They, they uh, go through the Hebrew ritual, the scapegoat sack, where they, they say, no, that's not my sin anymore because I've taken that part and I've dumped it onto this uh, George Soros. And, and now we're going to throw a rock at George Soros because um, that's totally not me anymore, right? It's, there's a, there's a, a Hebrew uh, annual sacrifice that they do now with, uh, with chickens yeah. where they you know, transfer your sin onto this chicken and kill the chicken. And before you got, you got to do it quick, transfer your sin off and then kill it before it's able to transfer it back to you. And the sins that you've committed dies now with that chicken. It sounds ridiculous, right? But we do this all the damn time. We, uh, yeah. <clears throat> we offload our, you know, the stuff that we want to see about ourselves rather than addressing it within ourselves, we duff on some other guy who, you know, it's, it's easier to do because, you know, there, he's got this outward um, manifestation of it. You know, we, we could say, well, like, well, look, we're doing this thing and you can decide that, you know, if given right uh, circumstances, you might do that exact same thing, which is why they flip out so hard against this. Yeah. It's like that, um, <laughs> that old yeah. joke saying, me thinks thou protest too much. Yeah. <laughs> and um they they it's just massive externalization of what what is with within themselves that they don't want to they they scapegoat somebody else and blame them for stuff and silliness yeah. silliness but if you can actually like yeah. look at the whole thing and go it's it's exactly as it's intended because <sighs> talked about this uh you talked about here, I'm going to pull up the quote real quick. So, yeah, no, of course. Get it just right. And I think it's also, you know, um, so many people say that, oh, you know, we need to, we need to fix the system. The system is, is, is broken yeah. and all of that. And, you know, if only we, you know, we would fight this, that, and the other thing and the, you know, the elites and, you know, whatever is on, on top of the pyramids, then we can, like, we can fix the system. The, the, the system doesn't need fixing. It's not broken. It's designed this way. And it's a matter of it's how perfect. You, for, for how it's, how it's designed for its, for its purpose. It's perfect. Yes. Enjoy listening to podcasts and ever wonder, can I make a podcast? But it seems so complicated and good audio production can take time. What if there was a way to create an amazing podcast easily? Well, now there is. Introducing Podcasting Made Easy from Podtastic Audio. My production team will handle your entire audio production, allowing you to be the star of your show. This is podcasting made easy. How easy? Well, so easy, you don't even have to press record. Now that's easy. Your listeners are waiting. Let's deliver. Sign up for a free strategy call today at podcasticaudio.com slash easy. I'll, I'll, I'll admit to yeah. that much. Hey, well, for its result. I'll admit to that much. Yeah. I, I, am, I don't like democracy. I know that's an extremely unpopular opinion. But I don't like democracy in any. I think it's a bad idea. Um, I think work. it would be. See, I've got a, 
a bunch of kids. Yeah, I got a bunch of kids. I know exactly what would happen if I let them, if I run my house based on democracy. No, no, <laughs> this is a fascist monarchy here. You know, I'm like, dude, dude, we're not doing democracy with, with these children. Uh, so Nietzsche writes, man is beast and super beast. The higher man is human. Uh, sorry, the higher man is inhuman and superhuman. These belong together. With every increase of greatness in, in, and height in men, uh, there is also an increase in depth and terribleness. One ought not to desire the one without the other, or rather, the more radically one desires the one, the more radically one achieves precisely the other. Terribleness is part of greatness. Let us not deceive ourselves. The thing is, right, you've got your, your two towers, right? You've got your, your good and evil, right? Yeah. Arbitrary, right? Because it's all based on preference, but you're, you're light and dark. However yeah. you want to want to frame it, but you got these two things. And for each increase in one, there's a there's an increase in the other. You know, let's just call them up and down. I think that that makes more sense. Uh, sure. If 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 this raises, this one lowers, and it has to so for there to be balance. And that's that's the yeah. entire point of. And uh, when I say that that the system is perfect, what I mean is that. What it does is it like Nietzsche talked about that that one day the conditions will be right. You know, we have we had to wait for a long time for for those to occur back in history, and there, there were occurrences of these people like Alexander the Great or or a uh, Napoleon or whatever. It was a special circumstance that just happened to lead to this one in a million dude who was able to do all these incredible things. And he's talked about a time that was coming. And this is like, you know, it's well over a hundred years ago that he, he wrote all this, where we're going to be able to fabricate conditions in which these men will arise. And it's all, it's all about uh, the, the one who is, you know, completely liberated from moral acid, who is, who is told up the total man who embraces everything. He embraces yay saying instead of nay saying to life. And, uh, yeah. but those conditions uh, really are the, the plumbing of, of, of uh, terribleness. And along with that comes the uh, constant increase in greatness at the same, at the same parallel. I mean, like, look at the system has led us to be. Uh, look what it's inspired us to become. And it's, it hasn't inspired us through methods of, of like, um, you know, era. look at all this beauty and be inspired. No, it's inspired us through terribleness. Because yeah. for every depth that it sinks to, it creates in us a resolve to push away even harder from that. And uh, and you can see this in your own self. The more the more you you witness what happens in the world and you take disgust in it, the more it drives you away from that. Because like there are, there are things, there are virtues that I'm sure ever have even discovered that we had value had it not posed, had the the opposite not been exposed in front of us. You know, there are things that we've developed about ourselves and within ourselves that we would have never had reason to do you know like if 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 it wasn't you know manifest solely in front of us thing for us to push away from and you know it's not like a holier than thou kind of thing because if you're able to accept that yes that too is per two just just like me yeah um that is as well and and it is doing it because look at what it's done to me 
Yeah, no, you're 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 absolutely right, and it's it's man. This is why I love talking to you. Like you you make so much sense and so much more sense than the the average person who I uh, who I talk with um, about this. But you know, just think of the major you know worldwide terror events or just the major terror events. You know, speaking uh, of for example, you know nine eleven or you know the whole well, pandemic yeah. or asterisk pandemic or whatever. After every of those terror events, whether they are orchestrated or or not, that's not the point right now but after every major dark event there was a mass awakening as well and yes. you know yes. for for every time like for yeah for you know for my generation our generation i don't i don't think we're that far apart but you know 9-11 was a, a huge catalyst for a mass awakening for people to to look deeper into it and just find so much darkness but through that darkness also find their their inner light for the current generation and you know the people who may have you know still been asleep but some seeds have been have been planted the whole pandemic caused a huge mass awakening it caused a huge you know yeah like even at the i've talked to multiple people about this but like even before it really kicked off in March 2020, and I, I knew 2020 was going to be an interesting year just looking at the yeah. numerology. You know, 2020, come on. You know, if you know anything about numbers or gematria or even numerology or whatever, you know shit's going to go down in 2020. Um, but in, I believe it started, like, started happening around the end of 2019, December 2019, with the whole mm -hmm. uh, the whole pagan revival, it it kind of kind of got some traction, and then you know the pandemic happens, and we were quite literally you know closed off from nature, closed off from from the divine, from the gods, and absence makes the the heart grow fonder you know we re, we we have taken it for yeah. granted for for so long and now that we didn't have access to it you know on grounds of i don't know something or we would be be punished for it like don't you go dare jogging alone on the beach because ooh, pandemic okay whatever um you know, it, it made us realize what we have. It made us realize that, hey, nature is divine. It has a divinity. I want to go back. I need to go back. You know, sitting yeah. behind a screen and whatever. Yeah, you can work from home. You can, you can do this and that. But every once in a while, you have to go outside. You know, you have to do your your groceries or visit family or, you know, whatever. There's always a reason that you need to go outside. And, you know, I, honestly, I don't, I think with, I unfortunately, you know, lost my job because of the, the pandemic, but I don't think that's like, since I was a kid, I haven't spent so much time outdoors. I haven't, I haven't spent so much time, you know, in the, in, in the park or just, you know, taking a, a walk outside or going wherever, like since I was eight, nine years old and like it it made me like even me realize again and i'm i'm well on you know on the path how like how glorious it is how good nature is how good we have it and how much i i missed it and for so many other people that was the case as well and even 
even the whole working from home stuff, even if you, you take that as a, as a wake up call, like, so how many people do we know who just like have a nine to five job, they travel back and forth to the office and it's a whole thing and, you know, traffic ugh, early in the morning. Ugh, I don't feel like it. Turns out all this time they could have done their jobs from home as well. Saves so much time. Yeah. It saves so much money. It saves so much stress because you're not dealing with the morning rush hour or the evening rush hour. And you know, if you're if you're hungry, you don't need to go out for lunch. You just walk those couple feet to the you know to the fridge and make yourself something and like even that has caused some sort of awakening because afterwards when you know everything opened again and all the employers were like okay you can you can come back to the office now it's all safe it's all, it's, it's all good so many people are just like no no <laughs> no i'm i'm good yeah i think all so i mean it's it's just yep. so it's so funny how much of a of a enlightenment in, in so many different places it it caused. And that's right. you know, that's what you said with, with balance. You know, there was a huge, just huge negative event going on. So yeah, at first the, the worldwide mood or worldwide vibration like hugely dropped. And then we started realizing things mm-hmm. and like, hey, this is actually pretty good. And this is actually pretty good. Yes. And damn, I missed this. Like I'm able to spend so much time with family now because I'm not doing anything. I can spend so much time outside because I'm quite literally forced to not do anything. Mm -hmm. So, and it's, it's, you know, here's, sorry, go on. Here's a fun thought exercise, right? And I'm not saying that this is the way it is. One of my, one of my favorite things to do in, uh, uh, what are the most beautiful occult, uh toys that i've ever picked up and played with is an ability to take off your clothes and put on another set of clothes and just try it on and see how it goes you know and and you know really lean into it and think about it you know i i took a couple i've taken a uh this makes me sound so pompous and, and i kind of am a little bit pompous but you know <laughs> take it for what it's worth i've had a couple had a couple people asked to be my uh, students with this stuff. And um, I'm like, okay, sure. I usually don't do this, but all right. And uh, the very first thing that I give them is um, uh, the first, the first task, the first exercise is find something absolutely ridiculous that, that you don't believe whatsoever, even a little bit that you, that you would just, if your friend walked up like flat earth um, adopting a, a, f- a foreign pantheon or just anything uh find something that you, if your friend were to walk up to you and say hey have you thought about flat earth or whatever that thing is you would laugh at him ridiculously find one of those th- and own it try it on you know learn it study yeah. the whole thing from its perspective and I've, I've uh heard, and lean into I've it i've heard about those experiences before it's 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 interesting mm-hmm. but do 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 go on so so the actual application of this is is um, I came up with this idea uh, the correlation to the from from this I this self to the higher self and again this is all just ways of being sense and being okay in the world that you live in right it's like giving yourself a 
an avenue to to go like yes i am happy here it makes sense to me now yeah but um but thinking about the correlate between the self and the higher self as though it's connected from a thin cord that thin string going from the top of your head up to the higher self now if you of taking your ego and separating that off momentarily just for a little bit and uh, doing the exact same thing, having another, say, like a silver cord uh, holding onto your ego. Now you're free to think in a whole different way how well yourself to think. This is one of the greatest uh, I've ever, ever heard of is an ability to actually change yourself. As powerful magic I could possibly come up with to change the, the way that you think about a thing. So let's try this. If possible that, that you know lot up every single one of these events whether they're orchestrated or organic has always led to this crazy wild awakening right is there a ch- chance that these evil pedophile elite are trolling us maybe maybe they're not just just saying is there a possibility that that whole uh pedophile narrative is a giant troll op. They're just trolling you. They're trying to piss you off so that you react in a certain way, that you, so that you move mm-hmm. in a certain way. I, I personally have noticed uh, one of the greatest gifts that I can give somebody, um, especially when it comes to like esoteric teaching, is for me to become the villain. I will be your villain, a bad guy for you, because you need one. And so I'll be your yeah. bad guy. And I've noticed myself leaning into this and, mm-hmm. and because I'm able to like through being a bad guy, I'm able to set myself up in a way that them opposing me pushes them in a direction that's beneficial to them. So that's... is it possible every time one of these organic or orchestrated false flag things or true flag things, whatever it is, is it, is it, is there a possibility that it was done with a positive intent, you know I, I, that through opposition of that. Yeah. See where I'm going with this? So yeah, yeah, yeah. No, I, I, let's let's take the very most. I've I've heard I've heard and, and read that that theory before, and it's that that really causes some um you know some some mental mental issues because you know we're we're all so convinced that oh you know these are the bad guys because you know they do again from our perspective yeah. they do evil things you know they they're they're pedophiles yeah. they take our they take our money they you know they wring us dry um you know or there there there's a saying here in the Netherlands I'll, I'll try and translate it into English as best I can but you can't pluck a bald chicken no but you can you know still twist his leg off um it's it's absolutely what they're doing but it's such a fascinating idea that what if indeed they are doing that because they they, they know and they want us wake up and they but they therefore you have exactly. to have exactly but therefore they have you have to have a villain like in every good you know superhero mo- movie or just any yep. any movie of of some kind you have to have a antagonist and a protagonist you know the 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 good guy needs something or someone to fight against you know the batman is you know he's nothing without the joker uh superman is you know quite meaningless 
without Lex Luthor and just it's it's oh it's such an interesting yep. interesting thought and it's and- so so contradictory to everything that we have been told that that contradictory yeah. to everything that that we are told but if you just put that yes you said if you just put that aside for a moment and look at it just don't have to most, adopt that idea forever oh it's so like it, it makes so much sense but at the same time it causes such a huge frizz you know, it just does not compute. But at the same time, holy shit, what if? Yeah. What if? Because here's here's the. Let's look at the most recent one. The most recent one in America is egg situation, right? Like it's it's like nine dollars for a dozen eggs now. I mean, quality ones, you know. Wow. Good, a dozen free range eggs. It's, it's like nine bucks. I paid at the store the other day. The the blowback from that. Uh, if you if you try to the uh, people are buying chickens, loads of people are becoming way more self sufficient by being by being presented with a challenge. And through that challenge, it's leading to them them to actually be more sovereign in themselves, uh, to actually take care of themselves better, to think about like, wow, this can happen. Uh, you mean like food can just go up in price? It can be hard to find. Oh, I better start start getting my own chickens. I, I could take care of my own food situation. And so, you, you're if if we can look and we can see a positive, I think it's only right to wonder, not not necessarily just jump all over this idea. And yeah, it's the absolute truth. I don't even believe in absolute truth, but um, to at least play with the idea that it was completely intentional for the purpose of creating. A, a greater sovereignty or whatever the blowback is from that uh, from that action that we look at and say that's so evil. I mean, look at look at uh, Hollywood, for instance. That's a great example. Uh, we can look at these guys and, you know, over over the last 10, 12 years, cultures, uh, American culture has gotten real degenerate. It's degenerated into like it's basically idiocracy. You know, it's it's the, the lowest common denominator. Uh, we're we're yeah. getting to really experience the what's brought to the table through democracy through Hollywood. Uh, it's it's because it's like film, you know, and which which is always just going to lead to the dumbest stuff. Lack of imagination, lack of creativity. People want things that are predictable. They want um, all this sensitivity stuff in it. You know, it's got to be diverse. It's got to be sensitive. It's got to be culture appropriate. It has to check all, but what has that led to in, like, say, Zoomer generation? You know, they're they're getting sick. You know, and you see them on the internet, just just like really just bitching about the whole thing and the pushback that they're um, or or the pushing away that these guys are doing from this stuff. Uh, I mean, look look at the geez, one of my one of my favorite topics is. Uh, cultural subversion through the subversion of archetypes. Uh, one of my favorite archetypes is the hero, the hero archetype itself. What we've seen in Hollywood, um, you know, we used to have like, say, remember the original Superman with, uh, what's that, what's that actor's name? Uh, Reeves. Uh, uh, Christopher Reeves. Yeah, Chris, Chris, yeah. Oh, classic. Yes. Christopher Reeves. Yeah. That, that original Superman, uh, I went back and recently and watched the, the Dahmer cut. 
uh, it was it was just phenomenal, man. I loved it. Uh, I hadn't ever seen that cut of that movie before, and I absolutely loved it because uh, what my my favorite archetype to uh, to think about and to aspire to is the archetype of the hero. And um, so, like, let's let's think about you know that was that was back in the eighties. Uh, we had we had that kind of Superman. And then, you know, time goes on. We, we get to Batman, who's kind of a bit more of an anti-hero. Uh, and then things just keep progressing down this path of anti-hero. And then it gets into, uh, you know, to where we are now, where every hero, like Luke Skywalker, for instance, who was, was my favorite hero when I was a kid, I was going to grow up and be Luke Skywalker. And uh, <laughs> there was no doubt. There's no doubt in my mind. And, and uh, I... You know, then we we get to to the modern Star Wars movies, and Luke Skywalker's no longer a hero at all. He's a washed out failure, right? So, yeah. and the reason why uh, this is important because I usually don't go off on on uh, culture, film culture, and all that kind of stuff. But the reason why I find this to be really important is the more uh, the more value somebody places on a specific thing, the more weight it has in their own lives and uh so the hero archetype for instance when one day let's say that you know some crazy stuff happens right and and there's some sort of need for you right now to stand up and and uh take up arms and and go do something really heroic you got to go save your country man you got you got to do something great and uh you know like say you get invaded by Poland or something, some ridiculous thing. But um, <laughs> you got to go save the day along with everybody else. You're gonna what? What is going to happen is that within you are housed every single archetype that is. It's it's sort of like uh, the major arcana that within you is the entirety of the major arcana and all the symbolism that goes along with it. It's it's the entirety of the subconscious is based on this kind of stuff. Uh, it's where your dreams come from. It's all drawing from these archetypal influence it. So one day, if you need to, to get up and go be a hero, you're going to utilize the archetype of the hero that's within you. And if that archetype of the hero, uh, if you've allowed it to be subverted through, say, either media or your own laziness in, in developing that archetype, uh, refining it, you know, taking the time to, to learn it and uh, befriend it, kind of, then uh, you're going to react as as that other hero. You're gonna you're gonna instead be uh, modern Luke Skywalker instead of old Luke Skywalker. Yeah. You know the the original trilogy. I mean, not the, not the old one drinking the the purple milk and all that. <laughs> but um, but what I keep seeing happening is that Hollywood in general is is um through the the kind of trash that everyone really pretty much everybody agrees it's trash you know so it's not like it's not like this massive trick is working no no everyone's going like no this sucks dude i don't i don't want to watch this anymore and uh i so what i see is is people now standing up for the hero that is luke skywalker when that movie came out People were furious, and all of a sudden, the topic of the hero. And how come you, YouTubers are sitting down and like, man, how come we don't we can't have like real heroes in in movies anymore? We used to have that. What happened? And so, like the pushback, uh, the the blowback effect of this thing was that this became something that was being thought about. So people start revisiting the archetype of the hero. They start thinking about what it is to be heroic again. 
And like, I'm not saying that it is definitely on purpose, but the result of this ha having been done, whether it was, uh, whether these Hollywood guys are genuine in, in just being terrible, or if it's, if it's an actual, like, trying to force about a golden age um, through this, this yeah. nasty iron age. So are you familiar with, um, with the ages? Of course you're familiar with the ages. Yeah. yeah, yeah. So no, you, yeah, you, you, there's this procession of the ages. Yeah. And in the transition from the iron age to the, to the golden age, there's, uh, there's, you know, I think it was Plato called it the age of heroes. This little tiny section that preceded the golden age, yeah. where where that that deep lead was trans transmuted into gold through the actions of the heroes in in this state, but <clears throat> what brings about the age of heroes? What do you have to do? What do you have to do to make heroes come into existence? You have to create a requirement for it to come into existence, or or it won't. And so yeah. I can look at at you know I can look at like Jepson and the terrible stuff he's done with Lord of the Rings and, and the people who he's allowed to write that crap. And, and I could look at that and go like, I could either get real mad and, and like, Oh, how dare they uh, pollute Tolkien like that? And how dare they misrepresent, you know, this is our culture, damn it. And, you know, get all mad about it. Or I can look at this thing and go like, Ooh, look at the result of, of how many people are now taking up, a stance where before they've like eh, yeah i love tolkien he's cool you know but now there's this like big push to defend their culture to pump their culture and it's like it's it's a necessary effect where you know i i see i see our culture having this like stone renaissance about to happen because the more these <clears throat> will put out this this just crap uh the more it inspires people you know what i could do better than that i can write better than that yeah. And so then they and, go and start writing. And it has. Yeah. I think if I think if it exists, if if uh, the positive effect exists, it cannot be written off as it just being accidental. It can't be written off as as um oh they didn't know that would happen. Come on, I'm just some guy with a beard, man, and I figured this out. So <laughs> yeah, no, you but, can't but tell me that dudes that, that study Yeah. But it's it's, a, yep. it's exactly what is what is happening. Like and you know, people are creating their their own things, their their independent brands. Uh, best example I can I can give is um, what's his name Eric July, I believe, with the the Ripaverse. You know, he saw how bad Marvel has become. He saw how bad or sees, I should say, how bad DC has become. <clears throat> so what did he, what did he do? He created his own, and now he has the you know the ripoffers, yeah. and you know which is I mean sure you know he has backers and money lenders and whatever because it's it's quite literally a, a multi million dollar business he started, but he started his own comic series, he started his own comic line, started his own comic house, and there are um, you know independent comic houses like. Um, Arkhaven, I believe, is one who is getting promoted more right. by, um, you know, by independent creators because they work with those independent creators and independent stories and all. So that's the, you know, that's it's another thing of, you know, as you mentioned about the balance, you know, the, the big corporations are getting, you know, they're, they're getting worse and worse and worse. 
Therefore, the independent creators or the independent businesses, they have to step up and be. That's it's uh, that's the thing yep. that so many people don't see. And honestly, I I didn't at first as well. I thought you know balance always me- meant you know. Um, but it's yeah, it is as you as you said. If one thing comes down, then as a balance, the other thing has has to come up. You know the the seesaw effects and yep it's that's that is what we're seeing and you know you, like you mentioned lord of the rings with the whole rings of power thing on on amazon like so many people got mad about it and you know what happens it fucking lot it lost money or with the um, the new batwoman series or used to be batwoman series on uh on cw like it was there were were so many complaints and the viewer numbers were so incredibly low because it was so just terrible and and woke and you know crossed off all the checklists okay you know yeah she's a woman and she's black and she's this and she's that and she's huh there you go it got cancelled and warner yeah. uh warner media <laughs> the parent company lost millions and they're like okay fuck it just cancel it this is this is obviously not gonna work nobody's so gonna watch this no, and nobody did. And yep. now Warner, like now Warner is down tens of millions and they have to, you know, fire people and cancel shows and just, you know, try and, and make up for it because they're like, but we ticked all these boxes. We did everything right and we still lost. We're going to have to approach this in a different way because we can't keep losing money. We're in the business of making money, not losing yeah. money. But it's it's real wild to think about how uh, I keep I keep hearing YouTubers ask like how did they not know that that was going to happen? Oh, they knew. <clears throat> my my wife worked analytics for a long time. They knew that was not just. I mean, people pay these companies, these big companies. They spend millions and millions of dollars every year on analytics to find out to, to yeah. predict what people are going to be interested because these things take years to uh to work on these companies they they really pay out the ass for analytics to to try to be aware of what is going to be popular years from now when this movie comes out whenever whenever this project's done are people still going to be interested well, i say say like uh we're going to start a zombies are really popular right now let's let's do a zombie movie well it's going to take five years to complete are zombies going to be popular? Oh, let's ask the analytics team. And it's it's a real big, big business thing. So these people, I mean, like bare minimum, uh, they knew wouldn't be great. They knew that they wouldn't make money off of this. They knew that the general population isn't behind any of this garbage, you know, uh, at the very and that's just that's just let's just pretend that that is just a strictly business thing. If uh, if you want, and you know, there's lots of people who are who are looking at uh, Hollywood as uh, cultural engineers. If you want to give them that much credit, then they definitely knew for sure. <laughs> you know, because like it's their job. Like these are these are basically uh corporate philosophers um yeah. if you want if you want to think of them as as cultural doing cultural engineering then they definitely know and if they're doing cultural engineering and they're doing this pits poor of a job with it then you got to kind of wonder 
uh, are they intentionally doing a poor job so that the effects that we're witnessing in normal people uh, would be made manifest? I, I think that they, they a lot of the times push degeneracy, not because they like degeneracy, but because they're trying to get rid of degeneracy. They're pushing people away from it. Maybe I'm giving them way too much credit, but this is the result I'm seeing. I'm seeing yeah. people that I would have, like, I typically don't think of this this guy or that guy is like really fine, upstanding, moral people, you know, but, but I'm starting to see them uh, really take a massive step back and, and reevaluate themselves. And you know what? I'm tired of this degeneracy. I've, I've seen way too much. Uh, I'm, I'm kind of done with the internet now and they go and go outside or something, you know? Yeah. And with that being the result, it, it is really difficult to, um, to discount it all as, as just, Oops, it's an accident. You know, nobody saw that coming. No, it, it can't. It can't be an accident. Like it's and you know, a year, years long, millions of dollar dollars kind of accident. I mean, you know, as as you said, they planned it all in in advance. I mean, my, my both my uh, my younger brother and my younger sister are um, are script writers and like really into movies and. I, you know, I sometimes do pick up a, a, a thing or two from, from them. And just like, even before you, like you actually get to, to shoot the movie before, before you get to film it. I mean, I was in a way I was involved with my, um, my brother's um, final project for, um, for the, the film Academy here in Amsterdam. Um, I wasn't on screen, but I, uh, I did catering. Um, and, you know, just the amount of, of work that goes into it. And I, I've, you know, seen from a, uh, a popular, popular Dutch TV show. I mean, you know, it was filmed like, I believe back in the, back in the eighties was huge in the nineties and has been popular ever since. Like it'll take hours and hours and hours and millions, you know, shoot something in, in the end product may end up being only four seconds, you know, yeah. one, one, one frame, you know, the, the example I can give is that um, in the uh, behind the scenes of the, uh, the popular Dutch TV series Flodder in the, I believe it was the second or a third movie, like quite at the end, there is a, a house in their neighborhood, which explodes you know, just a big scene, grand finale, and, um, you know, like quite literally ending on a bang. But, you know, it started raining. So they had to wait till like four in the morning till it stopped raining. Then they had to have everything, then they had to have everything set up and the rigging had to be right. And, you know, security staff and because, you know, such a, a big explosion, you can quite literally only do it once. And then it was, okay, cameras rolling, position, 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 everybody in position, yes. Okay, action. So, you know, fire, boom, just hours and hours of waiting and working and, you know, money being spent as well. Because, you know, all those people, right. they, have to, they have to be paid for those hours. You got to feed them too, which is a whole, whole nother Thing. Yeah, exactly. And that's like three or four seconds of the entire movie, which is millions spent on staff, on rigging, on explosives, on, you know, the actors, on whatever. If, if it 
flops, yeah, that fucking sucks. But you have to take that into account. Yeah. Like you can't just just make something and then be like, well, let's hope it works. Let's hope this, you know, this goes well. I mean, as you said, analytics or you know more. Um, if we're talking internet things like search engine optimization, those are huge businesses. Those are, you know, multi-million dollar businesses in and of itself. I mean, there are entire companies that will specialize themselves in just doing analytics, just doing search engine optimization. So it's it's a good question. Like, did they know in advance that it was going to fail? And if they did and they still made it, like, is that just them being incredibly stupid and being incredibly wasteful. I mean, Warner, you, yeah, Warner well, used the whole Batwoman thing as a as a tax write off, which is you know at least they got something out of it, right? But it's 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 years and millions wasted because they made a mistake because it was so bad that everybody started complaining and nobody was watching. We're yeah. talking the Warner Media Group, one of the biggest worldwide conglomerates. They don't make multi-million dollar mistakes. They just right. they don't. So now reach over and and grab your, your ego back again and put back on <laughs> that idea of, of these guys are evil elitist pedophiles. And then I could say this is why this is why I say all the time that it is perfect. It is because the whole thing, whether it is intentional or whether it is uh, just evil, you know, it, either way is perfect. It's working out exactly as one would hope that it would work out because of the effect that it's having. I'm sorry, my parrot is angry at something. Uh, but um, it's having the exact effect that you would, you would want uh, or expect. It, it only takes a little bit. Like Nietzsche says, I am by far the most terrible human being this, there has ever been. This does not mean I shall be, uh, I shall not be the most beneficent, right? Because because you can really by by picking up the the uh, getting yourself a twisty handlebar mustache and and being the guy that's going to go tie a lady to the railroad track. It's um it creates a space for Dudley Do Right to show up and save the day. You created a hero by being a villain. Yeah. You know, yeah. like like the the Michael Keaton Keaton Batman movie, like they talked about this, you know, where where Joker's like, You created me, and then you know, it goes back to, to Batman's childhood and Joker was the guy that killed Batman's parents, thereby creating Batman. And so it's like it, these things this sort of destiny interplay between these these two parts whether whether it's uh intentional whether it's scripted um or just completely organic and on accident it is it is perfection in motion and that doesn't mean that i that i like it you know it doesn't mean that i have to look at this thing but but you know i think what truly creates an npc out of a person is an inability to to behold the poetry the, the splendor in the poetry i think that that that's it and it's not it's not that they just well they just don't have it in them no 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 it's i don't think it's that at all i think that they just choose to not look they don't know that they can yet and one day probably through a massive amount of suffering something real terrible one day they're going to either off themselves or discover the, the 
absolute symmetry of it all the the beauty of the poetry of this entire universe and uh whether it's it's orchestrated by a god or orchestrated just by the fact of of our existence it doesn't seem to really matter it doesn't change any any of of how incredible it all is when it's in operation and it's always in operation <laughs> oh yeah yeah no it's that's such a, a great example you know batman and the joker it's a classic but that's that's also why um batman doesn't like doesn't kill the joker right because if if the joker is is dead if the joker is no more then there's also no need for batman anymore yep. and you you'd think that if if we know this you know just some guy with a beard and just you know <sighs> you're your average average duchy well i mean slightly above average maybe let's let's not put ourselves down too much right uh, but but if if we know this the then you would think that they know this as as well they have mm -hmm. to because they and they like they possess so much more knowledge than than we do i mean not necessarily that they they know more but they they have that hidden knowledge that you know occult knowledge and you know that that could be that could be a whole other thing maybe because they hide it and keep it for themselves it encourages us to go looking for it you know exactly. because because they are you know because we have these questions and they are hiding the answers it makes us look for it it makes us look in the places that that we can reach yeah this is one of my favorite scriptures in the Bible is, uh, uh, I think it's in I think it's in Isaiah. But anyway, um, it is the glory of God to hide a matter, and the glory of kings to search it out. Yeah, you get it. You get it. It's it's basically a divine Easter egg hunt, and and it's it's a privilege to partake in this Easter egg hunt of trying to find the 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 secrets and the meanings and and not just meanings of esoteric symbols so we could point and say oh look how evil that is and like oh we should be afraid <laughs> of this and that but no no just so that we can understand because understanding is like dude understanding is the root of everything it's the root i i'm convinced that it's the root of wisdom uh that yeah. without understanding there's no application like if if you don't understand this thing and then you move to apply your lack of understanding towards uh, some sort of outcome you're just a fool like wandering off an edge of a cliff you know like it's 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 absolute foolishness to do that and like, so, so I think it was like 1860. Nietzsche says, here's a question to think about. Put in the crudest form, how could one sacrifice the development of mankind to help a higher species than man come into existence? How could it be done? Yeah. And now yes. here we are 140 years later, 100 some odd years later. And he, and we're witnessing the how he answers this question. He says a declaration of war on the masses by higher men is needed. Everywhere the mediocre are combining in order to make themselves master. But we should take a reprisal and bring this whole affair, which in Europe commenced with Christianity, to light and to the bar of judgment. Which and now we're watching it happen. Yeah, that is exactly what's happening. We have all those people who who see themselves as higher than us, as better than us, are oppressing us, which makes us fight back you know they they are exactly. the villains who create the need a hero or heroes to 
stand up and you yeah. know tell the masses and t tell the masses like do you see what they're doing and to tell them i don't accept it any longer i'm gonna you know i'm gonna shut this down i am gonna bring forth the golden age and uh, maybe that's exactly what you're saying a doctrine is needed powerful enough to work as a bleeding agent strengthening the strong paralyzing and destructive for the world weary so it's like and we're seeing this play out and so i'm not saying we should all write like bill gates a thank you card or or uh just just uh you know george soros some sort of like love letter but but what i am saying <laughs> is, that, is that it is all to the benefit uh it's like the bible says you know god causes everything to work for the good of those who love him and are called according to his service so if you are uh yeah called according to his will and if you can you can kind of see the parallel here where even if they meant all of this for for terrible stuff um and it's all just cultural subversion and they're trying to enact communism and and this is a, a second bolshevik movement you can see how this is leading to a positive result in in people like us it's creating within people like us a need to stand up and become something more than we already were and what i keep noticing is just all you got to do is close your your circle of influence make your circle of influence realistically small uh yeah. diminish mm -hmm. yourself in size you know rather than considering all this crazy stuff out there and trying to trying to think it through and come up with solutions for all that stuff that has nothing to do with you all you have to do is withdraw from that close uh, make that circle of of things that you're willing to consider smaller and all of a sudden those attainable things uh like your family you know can start thinking about your family start thinking about the way that you live yourself start thinking about like your own state of mind your your own ability to to perceive and once you're able to do that then it now you have power now you have real genuine power that isn't tied to some foreign entity that is outside of you i mean that that's what that's what they do as well right that's what the the people who you know say that they're above us they do that as well they have mm -hmm. their temples they have their societies they have their think tanks they have their groups of people who um you know who have influence who are influential who you know try and influence us that's that's literally what's all those secret societies are what all those think tanks are those are you know they're they're small circles keeping the knowledge to themselves but applying it to us and now you know for for us the the common man it is happening as well you know you you see it you see the groups yep. forming you see the the, the tribes if you know putting it putting right. it back to the the gray horn pagans you see the tribes forming again and you see those tribes connecting with each other again sometimes with with the help of a um of a middleman i uh i just did a show um yesterday it's been a busy week with uh was it yesterday or so i don't know it's 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 a blur what are those days? but with um uh with uh burdock the crypto ronin who you know has i mean he's a ronin he is a an outlaw he does things 
by himself, but he fits pretty much within every tribe. And he also does his best to uh, to connect the tribes, to help connect the tribes to each other, to help connect the groups to each other. And it is happening. It is working. You see the circles forming. Hell, you see it even with with podcasts and podcasters. Like there are networks helping each other. There are networks of podcasters always you know, having each other on their shows or, you know, uh, an outside guest that they had on, you know, on one show, you'll see up here on another show as well. Those are also groups, the circles, the tribes, and it's, they, they too are, and I think that's, it's a more realistic uh, approach as well to enlightenment, if you will, like you can try and enlighten the, the masses all at once which is a huge fuck, fucking task. You know, you'll, you'll be Atlas carrying the world on your shoulders. Yeah. yeah. Unfortunately, you know, you're not a God. You're not one of the elder ones. You're a mere human. You're not, you're not going to make it. But if you can like at first, like shine your own light, you know, enlighten yourself or enlighten yourself more then you know, find a group, create a group, find a tribe, create a tribe, help, help, your tribe elevate itself enlighten itself and from there spread it i think it's that's a much more realistic approach and it's working so much better as as we see as we see happening because there is this awakening going on there is this revival going on the old gods are they are returning they are making themselves known again hell um who was then again thomas sheridan even told me that even in the Middle East, there's a pagan revival going on. Wow. That even, that even in the Middle East, they are going back to the, the Canaanite gods and all. Like, even, even there, like, wow. of course, you know, of course, I'm focused on Europe as a European. Right. Of course, you know, as a, you know, a Germanic, Frisian, whatever, I'm more focused here. That's why it surprised me so much that even... Like halfway across the world, the the known world, which is topic for another time. Um, even there, a a pagan revival is going on. People are finding the the old ways again. Also, because just the, the way that we are living now, the you know the the gods that we we venerate now, whether that be you know the government or science or even the church, you know, it's that's it's all. They say it's all weakening, but it, it makes me think that's it's not. I mean, yeah, it is. If we're saying that the old gods are coming back, that the, the old faiths are strengthening again, then the new, newer faiths weakening in, in power. The You know, the, the church, the Catholic church, the Christian church is losing its, its grip on Europe. I mean, it's still, yes. you know, pockets here and there. But that's how you that's how humanity started as well. It's how everything started with a pocket here and a pocket there and small group here and small group there. Those connected made one bigger group. So I think it, these are they're the best of times and they're the worst of times. It's 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 an interesting time to be alive at the very least. And isn't that the old curse, right? The the, the one of the best curses I've ever heard. May you live in instru- interesting times. 
<laughs> yeah that's uh, yeah i mean you could say you're you're cursed but at the same time it's it's a blessing too it is like we we get to we get to see we get to experience the world waking up the you know the world enlightening them, themselves and enlightening others yeah there's a of course there's a strong dark clouds still hanging over this world the the light it's you know there are more lights popping up everywhere and those lights are getting stronger and it's it's yeah yeah, they are interesting times and there it sucks but at the same time it's yeah um, i i'm i haven't figured out yet where i stand exactly it really differs you know day by day good days i have bad days i have bad days where i'm like you know just I don't care anymore. Just let it go. Then I see, you know, this this one thing or this one comment from someone, and I'm like, there is still hope. Okay, let's 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 get it on. Let's go on. I yeah. really enjoy. It. This is where I kind of split with the love and lighters real hard. Is um, I really enjoy the idea that that we. I mean, it's just a just another little thought exercise. But what if you what if you die every night when you go to sleep? And a different person comes back the next day, a different being, right? What if this is a continual death and rebirth of yourself? And every day there's a new development and uh, a new self. And I think it, it kind of, you know, lends itself to this idea that there is, there is, I mean, man, let's say, let's say that my side won. Let's say that, that my side, my preference, like mm-hmm. really won and got its way and got full power and full control over everything, it would be absolute hell for a whole lot of people. And they would be sitting in in the position that I'm in right now going like, this is nearly unbearable. How how can one endure this? Because one man's utopia is another man's hellscape. Dystopia, I guess. But um, this this sort of ebb and flow uh, of of light and dark is, and and we we get to witness this every... Every day, you know, the, the sun rises and we watch it reach its peak. And it's, it's the golden age, you know, about noon you know, in my hemisphere. It's about noon. And it's like, that's, that's the height of what I get to experience of the sun. And then it's going to set. And then the darkness comes and it gets darker and darker and darker. And then the sun rises again. And, and watching this cycle is, is its own perfect uh, balance, right? And how is it that we're, we're so able to see this in the sky and, and identify that? You know, there's a lot of people who claim to be animists uh, and can't understand this basic, basic concept of, of the need for the coming darkness so that the sun can rise and battle it and fight yeah. it off. And, and then it happens over and over again. And it doesn't diminish the victory that the golden sun has. And it doesn't diminish the victory that the darkness has. And these, the, the fact that it happens every day. I mean, it's still the same amount of wonder every time it happens. It's like yeah. if, if, uh, if you can see that in, in the sky daily, then why would you not see it? on the earth over a longer period of time, you know? And that's, that's, um, I think that, I think it's important to praise the sun when it's high 
and praise the the moon when it's high you know <laughs> you you enjoy the the fullness of this cycle and if you can enjoy the fullness of the cycle including you know the darkness and uh if, if you're if you're one who's capable of doing that which anyone is like i said the greatest magic that can ever be done is the ability to change one's own mind uh, and to to adapt to new information and have a new understanding that that can be more ignorant or it can be fuller. Uh, but you know it, that doesn't really matter. It's the fact that you're capable of changing uh, your own mind. And I remember way back, me and me and my wife got in a huge disagreement over uh, over this. Uh, I was adamant that it is literally impossible for people to change like people cannot change and uh they you know it might there might be uh external changes you know like like hair gets longer shorter whatever you know um i can go shave my beard right now and 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 i'd have changed and like you know that's that's an easy kind of thing but to actually change the core of who you are uh is impossible that's why i think it's like literally magic you know, <laughs> being able to, when you think about, think of yourself as an AI, um, like a, like a self-aware sentient AI. And what we always prescribe is like, a the, the terror of AI is, is that one day it'll be able to alter its own source code. Well, that yeah. is the exact same level of being able to change your own mind to, to a, adapt your own beliefs at will. I think that's the highest form of magic. And um, when you're capable of doing that, you're capable of getting to a point where the darkness is even good. You know, <laughs> it's all good. Yeah. It yeah. doesn't mean yeah. you'll like it, but it's good. Exactly. And e even even by that, you know, you can like quite literally change your your DNA. You can change yeah. your yourself. You can become this this new being. I mean, yeah. Even if we're like. You know, even if we're not talking like basic biology, then you you know, even with that, your uh, your cells like will regenerate themselves every so often. So I believe it's yeah. like every every number of of months or whatever, like your your full body will have regenerated yep. itself, all new cells. So even from a biological perspective, you are not the same anymore because those cells have you know have died off and have regenerated themselves new cells and whatever so if it's oh he's mad <laughs> he's mad i'm gonna go i'm gonna go cover him real quick i'll be right back yeah no of course of course i'll just uh, I'll, I'll keep talking into the void but um it, it's a good point if you're able to like if your body is able to do that from a biological perspective it, you know with the the will that we have been given free will, uh, even if you like, I, I don't care if you believe in, in free will or or not. I believe it's um, it's a thing. Like you are always given, like at the very least, you were always given a choice. You know, right. you can, as you said, you can stay the way you are. You can, like, you can, you can convince yourself the hardest, and just every day, like there's nothing wrong with me. I don't have to change. So I'm not going to change. It's a choice you can make. Is it a bad choice? Is it a good choice? You may think it's a good choice. Everyone, everyone else is probably going to think it's a bad choice. But you can also, and it's, you know, a lot of people do that. They will, and it's, it's a hard thing. They will see 
the the faults in themselves they will see the flaws in themselves in you know in the way that they're thinking in the way that they're acting in the way that they are are doing things living life and you know but then again you know seeing the flaws and actually doing something about it is a whole other thing as well and it's it's the hardest thing you'll ever do is try to try to change yourself to change who you who you are especially if it's going to be for for the better you know for the better for your for yourself for your your family your wife your kids you're gonna encounter many many demons you're you're gonna you're gonna go through well through your own personal hell but you know it's it's a very effective way you know going through that immense darkness to find the light to see see the light you know see the light at the end of the tunnel and yeah the the journey is absolutely gonna suck but in hindsight you will look back at it and be like i did survive i have come out the other end a better man and that is that is magic because it it's you literally transform yourself into someone else like i i can like even i can even say of myself that like last even last summer or you know a couple weeks ago a couple months ago i was who i am now you know i have learned more i have done more i i i can do more i ha- i have more knowledge better skills have sharpened some skills you know and it's it's a very i can i can see how you would I would think that, oh, you know, people are not able to change themselves. Because if you look at the, um, at the bigger picture, if you kind of, you know, zoom out and look at everything that's happening, yes, it's, it's cycles. You know, you see people making the same mistakes again and again and again and again. And well, that's like, exactly why I thought that, because I was unable to change myself at the time. I couldn't change me. So I'm like, yeah, change. You can't, no one could change themselves because <laughs> I couldn't do it. Which is you projecting it. Exactly. On the other people on, on the outside. And I can, I can only command it that you, you know, you manage to, to transform yourself. And it's, it's hard. It's, it's, you know, it's, it's physically hard. You know, uh, through that thing that, um, <clears throat> That, that that mighty that I went through. I didn't have a beard at the time, you know. I like was pretty clean shaven, but um, uh, but what happened was was I got uh, kind of hit rock bottom with it, and and half of my beard fell out, and I didn't have a beard, so it just just giant bald patches, and you could still tell, like even if I even if I uh, shaved that morning, you could still tell that there's just I looked sickly like real sick. It was like these huge patches all down here and, and across my chin and my neck and, and just big old chunks of uh, just gone. And uh, that's why I have the beard now because I proved that I can change as I changed it. I even went to the doctor and, and they're like, oh man, uh, that really might not ever come back. Dude, it's like baldness. It's like you, it's like you went bald on your head. And I was even going bald on my head too, man. And, uh, and it all came back. I got it all back because I changed. And that's like, this is why I have the beard now. It's, 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 a, it's a badge of honor. It's the proof that I actually was able to change myself. And, and uh, 
every time I look in the mirror, I, I remember that I fought to get this back. Uh, it's pretty cool. And obviously you won because yeah. you, know, you have the beard and you have that, that good head of hair again. I mean, I am dealing with milk pattern baldness which is why i'm really happy that i still have you know a good a good hairline and a, a yeah. camera that's you know is facing me because uh like this is the best part i still have um, i'm 39 and so every year that i get to keep my hair i feel really lucky you know oh yeah oh you should be you should yep. be that's you're you're truly blessed <laughs> yeah oh i think on this on this high note we um we're gonna wrap it up. It's been uh, it's been over two and a half hours, man. Wow! Yeah, <laughs> I, I I knew oh, this. You sure can't get talking. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it's dude. This is what this is what we said like le leading up to this. Like, this is gonna be a great one. Yeah, this is this is gonna be a great one. And I mean, I can I can keep talking all night, but yeah, uh, you know my. My girl wants some attention too. My my cat is starving for attention. I never gave him any attention. <laughs> yeah, <I> can tell. <laughs> um, so yeah, thank thanks, man. I, I yeah, that was a blast. Thank you. Oh yeah, very very much so. Very much so. We just so much to to think about, and especially the um, like the, the the what ifs that we talked about. Mm -hmm. It's. it's fascinating and definitely something i um i'm gonna gonna ponder ponder yeah 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 because yeah. it's it's just it's so out there but as you said if you just put your ego aside for a moment and forget what you what you think is is the truth then it makes so much sense as well but at the same time it really doesn't. It's it's fa it's fascinating. It's put the ego back on it. It feels disgusting. It's a it's a gross thought. That's why yeah. a lot of people get real mad at me for saying it. But <laughs> you gotta you gotta no. kind of separate. Oh, dude, those those controversial topics, those controversial you know sayings, quotes, whatever, dude. I'm I'm all for it. You know how yeah. the, the the bigger it it's like out there the more it's out there the, the more outrageous it it sounds the more i want to just sink my teeth into it and be like yeah oh. i have to understand it i gotta understand yeah, yeah, yeah. exactly oh so oh, is man, there so much you're you're more than welcome thank you so much too this has been absolutely amazing uh is there anything you want to anything you want to plug anything you want to promote oh. anything that you are working yeah. on um, look us up on uh youtube uh, i do a show with james true called uh high magic james true and uh mofisto he's a german streamer um you can find his channel through that channel but it's uh high magic with the k and uh, uh ck gck but um <laughs> <laughs> my mind is fried but um but yeah uh that's that's about it um do that every friday night we do it live and and uh anyone's welcome and that is all okay well i should have put up some links in the, the in the description already uh definitely check out uh, check out high magic it's it's a great it's a great show uh talking about a lot of uh, a lot of good stuff um so yeah thank you again for uh, for coming on this was a great talk 
um, I am like really gonna enjoy this for for the rest of the night. Um, my 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 brain is pretty fried as well, just because of all the uh, all the all the information, all the stretching concepts, man. Yeah, 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 yeah. But it was it was absolutely great. So, Mister Warlock, sarcastic, sarcastic. <laughs> uh, <laughs> thank you very much. Thank you for for coming on the the Greyhorn Pagans podcast. Uh, thank you all who uh, who joined us in the live chat. It was uh, the live chat was a very lively chat. So that was that's very. That's good to see. Um, you can find the Graham Pagans podcast on all the bigger podcasting platforms. Uh, besides Apple, somehow I'm not able to get on there, uh, which is ridiculous. But that's that's Apple's loss. You know, it's a great show. Um, I record everything live here on YouTube. So if you uh, if you want to, you know, watch all the great talks again, hear all the great talks again, definitely go to uh, to my personal YouTube channel, youtube.com forward slash at Steinfox. Um, if you want to support the tribe a little more, we have uh, we have merch. Uh, just going to show my own merch real quick. Uh, we have Patreon. We have a lot of a lot of great stuff. Uh, we even have our own website now. Since Monday, we have our own website. It is greyhornpagans.com. Uh, if you go to the website, you'll find the links to well, everything, every um, every important tribal thing. So, uh, yeah, thank you. Thank you all. Thank you, Sarcastic, for coming on. This was a blast. And until next time, see ya.